It's time to get up and get going, South Coast. It's time for the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. Also streaming live on WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message or a voicemail through the WBSM app. And now, ready to start your day off with a bang. It's Tim Weisberg. morning happy tuesday to you hope it's starting off well i'm taking a chance right now i did not pull the shade down in the studio that i usually need to block the sun it's coming up behind a swath of clouds and i'm gonna take the chance that it won't shine in my face but if i have if if i suddenly take an emergency break or If I go silent for a couple seconds, it's because I got up to make the adjustment. I like to have the window open so I can see everything that's happening on the world outside. But when that sun is directly in your face, you have no choice, especially since I can't see the screens to control anything. I I stare directly out the window the way that we're positioned here. I'm looking directly out the window, so I really don't have a choice. Uh, But so far, so good. It's a beautiful scene. It's very serene. And this is perfect weather for me. I hope that it stays like this for the rest of the summer. No more 90-degree days. I don't know. I'm not a beach guy. I don't know. Can you go to the beach when it's 79, 80 degrees? Is the water warm enough for you? I don't want to ruin your beach time. But I also, I don't want to sweat like I did last week either. I don't want to have uncomfortable weather like last week either. But, you know, it is what it is. We'll take what we get. This morning, there's a lot that we can discuss. And coming up in the 8 o'clock hour, we will turn on the light with Jack Spillane. We shifted it from yesterday because he had a a previous commitment. And I'm kind of glad that we did because now we can react more to what we heard Catherine Damowitz and Paul Hankins saying yesterday with Barry Richard. And I definitely want to get into that with you today. This is a story that, has legs. This is a story that we will be talking about for a while because basically what happened is we had the way that at least Catherine and Paul were describing it yesterday, and that's the only accounting we have of it right now because I reached out to to the election commissioner, Manny DeBrito. I reached out to the city solicitor, Eric Jakes. I haven't heard back from either one of them. I offered them, I gave them a, a limited window yesterday of when they could come on with me and a limited window today. But that that doesn't mean that they can't come on the rest of the station. I just gave them what time windows I have. So if either of you gentlemen are listening and that time window didn't work for you, you could at least have emailed me back and said that time window doesn't work for me. But we would have accommodated you uh, at any time that you needed. And in fact, if you you know wanted to do a pre-recorded interview because you don't have time to call. We can do that too. We just want to give you your opportunity to tell your side of the story because the way that Catherine and Paul were describing it yesterday with Barry, we have two different city offices that didn't know how to do their job or just willfully didn't do their job. That's what bothers me the most about this is that nobody's stepping up and taking accountability for how this all got screwed up. And it could have all just been a simple screw up, but somebody has to come forward and, 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 and take some blame for that to say, yeah, I might've given them bad advice. 
at the beginning, or maybe they misunderstood what I was telling them at the beginning, or, or maybe I could have gotten back to them sooner. But the way that Catherine was describing it yesterday with Barry, and if you haven't heard it, you have to go back and listen to the podcast. And if you're not sure how to get the podcast, call me and I'll walk you through it. Because you as a voter, if you live in New Bedford and you are a registered voter, you need to hear this because not only are you disenfranchised when it comes to being able to petition your local government for change. And granted, that's not the city of New Bedford's fault. That's the way that the state law is designed and that needs to change. And maybe that will change. But the fact that there was very little concern, very little help, if, if, if Catherine is to be, to be believed, and I have no reason not to believe her, then the way that they were treated in this whole situation by the city solicitor's office, at least, is reprehensible. That they just couldn't be bothered to assist them with this until their hand was forced. That this, and, and I said yesterday that it seems like somebody wasn't doing their job correctly. And it seems like it really was two different departments here. I'm sorry that I would expect the election commissioner in the city to know what the process would be for somebody to get a petition going. And this is not a, a, a personal attack on Manny DeBrito, who I like very much. I've always had great interactions with. He's always given me any information that I need. I know that he's a wonderful person. I know that he's a great coach. I know that he's a great father. I have no qualms with him personally. But maybe that office needs to be better prepared for questions like this. Maybe there should have been a manual when he came in. A book when he came in. Forms already in place that he could pass off. So that when this happens, you can hand somebody a pack. I don't know why if you are a citizen starting a petition, there isn't a packet, a pamphlet, a handbook, something that they hand you to say, here are the steps, here is the process. And maybe that will come about as this. Maybe it just hasn't happened enough that they felt the need to do this. And maybe it really falls on the Secretary of State's office to provide this information to municipal election offices. But this could have all been avoided at the very beginning if the proper information was provided from the get-go. Secondly, you have the city solicitor who told... Catherine and Paul that answering questions related to this was not part of their job until the sec I think it was either the Secretary of State or the Attorney General's office one of them told them actually that is their job they're the ones that you have to talk to so what's going on here what is going on and why has Mayor Mitchell been silent about this I would hope it's because he's looking into it and trying to get the answers before he makes a statement, but that he will be making a statement. Why have no, I know why no city councilors have said anything. And I, I've argued this point with Barry yesterday. 
where he said, I, I can't believe none of the counselors have come forward about this. And I said, well, actually, I can believe it because it's kind of a conflict of interest for them. You want to come out and support citizens to be able to petition the government and to be able to, to have their signature mean something when they're trying to get a question put on the ballot. But at the same time, the question they're trying to get put on the ballot directly affects the city councilors. So they may have been opting to stay silent in it because they didn't want to seem like they were taking a stand on the question itself one way or another. But after hearing what Catherine and Paul had to say yesterday to Barry, I would hope that city councilors will come forward and at least make a statement on the process. Now, because it is not likely that this can go forward, I mean, it, it, it can't go forward in the way that they were doing it. It can't go forward with your signatures placing a binding question on the November ballot. That just won't happen. And that's something that the state legislature will have to take a look at. What can happen, at least according to Catherine, and you know she's been talking with people about how they could make this work, the city council could put it on the ballot and make it a binding question. So if you want to see it on the ballot, you need to call the city council office which I believe she said the number was 508-979-1455. I'll look it up. But you need to call the city council office and tell your ward counselor, tell all the counselors at large that you want them to place this on the ballot. Now, it's extremely unlikely that they will. But with enough public pressure, perhaps they will. Council President Morad was ready to put a question on the ballot to repeal the CPA after she got a couple of dozen phone calls regarding it. That was enough. That was enough public sentiment for her to feel, let's put this on the ballot. A couple of dozen phone calls. I think she's going to get a lot more phone calls than that on this subject. And we'll ask her Friday what she thinks about it when she's on with us. I believe Councillor Oliver is on, the War 3 Councillor, Councillor Sean Oliver is on South Coast Now this morning. They will ask him about it. I believe Councillor Abreu is coming on with them this week. They will ask him about it. They will ask the mayor about it on Wednesday. You're not going to be able to duck this issue. So it's probably better if you come forward with a statement. And my phone lines will be open to you all morning. Mayor Mitchell, any of the counselors, you know the VIP line. If you don't have the VIP line, you probably have my phone number. Text me, message me, send me a Facebook message, email me. We'll get you on. Because the people who signed this petition were misled. And it wasn't by Catherine and Paul who were also misled. And I don't think saying we didn't know works in the place of the city officials in this case. So we can talk about that this morning. I know that you all have a lot to say on that still. Especially after yesterday's discussion with Catherine and Paul. And we will take your phone calls on that. 508-996-0500. A couple of other things that we can discuss today. Uh, yesterday, 
We had a situation at Fort Phoenix in Fairhaven where, and again, this is unconfirmed at this point, but I was there on the scene. There was a young man who took his own life at Fort Phoenix yesterday. And we're waiting for more information from the Bristol County District Attorney's Office because once it is a fatal situation, they are the ones that disseminate the information. But I was down there at the scene yesterday. They had a section of the the area where the cannons are, you know, that, that area with the rocks that go down to the ocean. They had a section of that taped off. Uh, I actually left because it became clear that they weren't going to be providing any information on the scene. Uh, and also because I realized that they, the coroner hadn't yet come for the body. The report was that there was a gunshot down there and then some folks ran over and that there was a young woman who had discovered this young man. I know someone who is related to that young woman and she was telling me about the state of shock, obviously, that she's still in. So if we have more information on that, we will share it with you. Uh, also, we have the story on WBSM.com and on the app yesterday, we broke the story that the Sagamore Christmas tree shop, one of the most recognizable of all of the Christmas tree shops, or it's probably the most recognizable, will have a new tenant at least for a few months as people made the joke that the Christmas tree shops would turn into Spirit Halloween. That one will actually be turning into a Spirit Halloween. So you'll get to shop for Halloween stuff under the thatched roof and the windmill and all of that stuff. So that'll be kind of cool. I'm going to make sure I go over there and check it out once it's open in September. And then who knows what will happen after they close up shop following Halloween. But at least for a little while, they'll have a tenant in there. And then also, of course, we can talk about the death of Paul Rubens, a.k.a. Pee Wee Herman, a controversial figure. But someone who was very influential in, in my childhood, in my sense of humor and all that. So I will discuss that as well. Uh, let's see. Let's take this phone call here because I, I have time before I have to take the break. Good morning. You were on WBSM. Hey, what's up, Tim? What's going on, John? Um, yeah, I, I, I think I might take the kids to that one down the Cape. There, it kind of like gives like a hocus pocus kind of vibe off of it, you know, with the roof yeah. back then and um, with the windmill. Yeah, but kind of a bizarre, um, a bizarre thing we got going on at Fairhaven right now, huh? I heard about that. My wife told me about that yesterday. I says, "What?" Well, so on in Fort Phoenix on the rocks near the cannons. Yeah, I had heard, you know, that there was a shark sighting on Sunday. So I was actually yeah. here at the station uh, trying to reach out. To, I was talking to the Shark Conservancy. I was talking to the guy that runs the Mass Sharks website. I was trying to, you know, f trying to reach out to the Harbor Master, trying to see what I could get about the shark sighting on Saturday. And then somebody texted me and said, what's going on at the fort? 
And I said, what do you mean? They said, there's a lot of people down there. There's a lot of, there's law enforcement. I said, well, it's probably related to the shark story that I'm chasing. And then someone said to me, hey, did you know that there was a suicide down there? So I just hopped in the car and, and went down there. And it's, it, yeah, I mean, and normally we wouldn't report on suicides. You know, that's, right. that's something that we don't cover except for when it happens in a public place. And in this particular case, not only did it happen in public, it happened when there were people at the park who, who heard the gunshots and ran over there and saw what happened. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's kind of weird. I mean, if, if you would think that, you know, not to speculate about, you know, somebody uh, committing suicide, but, you know, you would almost think that they would, you know, do it in the car in the parking lot. You know, and unless they were trying to make a statement, you know, by going up to the top there with the cannons or whatnot. I, I don't know. Well, I mean, uh, if, if I had to speculate, the one thing I could think of is, you know, that's a peaceful scene to have be the final thing that you yeah, see. Yeah, that's true, too. Yeah, that's true, too. Yeah. Um, with this whole thing going on with the... With the city council and, and um, the city solicitor's office and everything, it's, it, it really, it truly is a shame. I mean, I, I listened to them yesterday on the radio and, uh, you know, it's, it, it is true. They, somebody, somebody from the city, I just can't believe that, that it's been 24 hours now of being reported to the public. And it's, it's been more than that because Arthur Hirsch's story came out, I think on Friday. Oh, all right. So it's been Friday. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Cause of the weekend coverage. I'm so, well, uh, did any of the weekend guys pick it up or no? Um, I don't know. I was, uh, I didn't wake up. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't wake up until after everybody was off the air Saturday. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I just, uh, you know, okay. So being 24 hours on the weekday shows, you know, we'll put it that way. And, and, and nobody from the city council, no, the mayor, you know, I, you know, that they listen to the station. Mm-hmm. They always listen. Yeah. And, and, and I, I think just cause of legal, legal purposes, I, I mean, that's my, that's my only guess. Is somebody up? You know, one of their lawyers or, or representatives said, "Don't, don't comment on the matter until you get, you know, until we finish what, what you know, legal representation or whatever." You know, ha- having that legal representation to, to, to kind of iron out the the fine lines. They don't just they don't they don't want to shoot themselves in the foot, right? You know, and, like and, and if, up too early and whatnot. So. And if it's something where there is fault to be had, you have to be careful about whether or not you admit fault. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know. It's it's they could have at least came out with a statement that says, "Hey, listen, guys, you know this is where, you know we're we're further investigating what happened with the just like the police do, you know what I mean with a with an uh, ongoing investigation. You know they could say, hey, you know we're we're looking into what's going on in the city solicitor's office right now. We'll we'll get back to you when we know more. You know what I mean, type of thing. They could have at least like a courtesy, you know, the, to the public. You know what the weird thing about it is. The, the the office that they would refer to to handle that situation would be the city solicitor's office. So, yeah, that's that's what I was going to say. That's what I was going to say. But no, I I don't know, Tim. It's a it's a very interesting um, interesting kind of crappy situation that you know happened, and you know I, I'm I'm definitely interested in what, what's going to come of this. You know, well we're not gonna uh, we're not gonna stop following it for sure. We're gonna keep yeah. pushing, so we'll see what we can get. I think I honestly, you know, I'll let you go with this, but I think uh, the right move would be for the the city councilors. Although they do, they are going to shoot themselves in the foot. But it's not. It's just it's a, it's a question that they're putting on the on the ballot. It could go both ways. It could go mm-hmm. yes, or it could go no. People don't want it. But at least let the people be heard. Let the people decide what your fate is. 2,700 signatures is a big deal in a New Bedford election. That's, that's, that's a huge deal. That's enough to sway one way or the other on, on any race. Yeah. I don't even think that the, the Sean Oliveira um, uh, 
special election. I don't even think that, 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 that how many votes did he get? I don't know, that but that, I mean, but that's yeah, but that's just a ward too. So that's that's right. a limited number. But still, though, that but city citywide elections have been decided by less than twenty seven hundred votes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's crazy, you know. It's I I don't know. We'll see what happens though. All All right. Right, I'll be listening. Have a good day. And uh, 508-996-0500. Going to take a break. Back in a few moments. And we will be taking more of your phone calls after the news at 508-996-0500. If you can't call in, you can always send us an app chat message on the WBSM app or an open line voicemail on the WBSM app. Some of the great features that are on the app brought to you by our friends at South Coast Towing. So if you don't have it already, get it now from your app store or from WBSM.com. Right now, it is time to go into the WBSM newsroom with Adam Bass. Former President Trump is predicting he'll be indicted any day now as part of the investigation into his efforts to stay in power after the 2020 election. In a Truth Social post, Trump called it an attempt to cover up allegations of bribes and payoffs aimed at President Biden and his family. He said it's election interference and prosecutorial misconduct. There will be fewer opportunities for women to get abortions in Indiana starting today. Indiana's new abortion law, which bans most abortions after 10 weeks and stops outpatient clinics for offering abortions, takes effect today. Lawmakers approved the law last August, not long after the U.S. Supreme Court struck down Roe v. Wade. A judge initially blocked the law, but a court later overturned that order. The new law allows for some abortions, in some cases up to 20 weeks. Vice President Kamala Harris is back in the sunshine state of Florida today, talking about new state standards for school curriculums in Orlando. Harris is the keynote speaker of a convention at the country's oldest African-American Protestant denomination. They want to replace history with lies. Middle school students in Florida to be told that enslaved people benefited from slavery. The visit comes after the oldest historically black college gate fraternity in the U.S. announced it's relocating a planned convention in Orlando because of the new standards. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis defended the curriculum, saying it tells the good, the bad, and the ugly. Police in North Carolina now say a man accused of plowing an SUV into a group of migrant workers didn't do it on purpose. It happened Sunday afternoon outside of a Walmart in Lincolnton, about 40 miles from Charlotte. Six migrant workers were taken to the hospital, but none of their injuries were life-threatening. The suspect fled the scene, but later turned himself in. He was charged with a felony hit-and-run on Monday. HBO Euphoria actor Angus Cloud is dead at 25 years old. The actor's family told TMZ that he passed away Monday at their home in Oakland, California. However, they didn't give any details on his cause of death. Angus was a rising star in Hollywood and best known for his role in Euphoria, where he starred as Fezco. And Wall Street kicks off the first day of August after closing higher Monday to cap a positive month. Stocks rallied in July, with all three major indexes gaining about 3% or more. Better than expected second quarter earnings and data shows that cooling inflation helped boost the market sentiment. In sports, the Red Sox fell the Mariners last night 6-2, bringing their losing streak to three games. The two teams will play ball again tonight at 9.40 p.m. And now here's your APC6 local weather forecast. 
We are going to kick off this first day of August a little bit cooler. We've got a north-northwest wind about 5 to 10 miles an hour, and we'll have some partly sunny skies for the day with a high reaching near 79 degrees. Overnight tonight, we're going to be partly cloudy and cool, low of 56. And for Wednesday, mostly sunny skies, a little bit cooler, high near 77. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Skylar Spindler on New Bedford's News Talk Station, 1420 WBSM. It is currently 61 degrees right now in New Bedford. I'm Adam Bass, WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's News Talk Station, WBSM, and get breaking news alerts and podcasts with the WBSM app. Starting the South Coast off right each morning. It's a Show. Weekdays from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. right here on WBSM. Wham rap. <laughs> That's, that was, a, I think, the first single or one of the first singles from the group Wham. Uh, and people heard that and they're like, what a silly song in America because we didn't understand what it was all about. But in the UK, it was actually a protest song against the Labor Party and the Labor Movement, Margaret Thatcher and all of that. And so that was actually a very politically conscious song, but just people here in America didn't get it. So one thing that we do get here, especially in New England, is lobster, seafood. It's We know where the good places are to go to get that, and we know where the best places are to have it, not only for the quality of the food, but also for the experience itself. And you know that the Lobster Pot in Bristol, Rhode Island offers an amazing dining experience, but with that patio that they have, you also get a beautiful view of Narragansett Bay. It's really easy to get to the Lobster Pot. It's just minutes away from anywhere on the South Coast. The Lobster Pot in Bristol is where you can go to enjoy a great meal with something on their menu that everyone can enjoy. As I've said before, I've recommended the the lobster grilled cheese. I think they call it the grilled lobster sandwich. But I also want to recommend, too, the firecracker shrimp. It's, uh, it's one of the appetizers. So good. I want that firecracker sauce for everything. Or you can head over to the lounge just for a relaxing cocktail while you listen to some great live music every Friday and Saturday night throughout the summer. They're open for lunch. They're open for dinner Wednesday through Sunday. The Lobster Pot in Bristol, Rhode Island. Visit them online at lobsterpotri.com. So you might see me over there. I'll be on the patio having some firecracker shrimp. 
taking a look out at the bay. All right, 508-996-0500. We were talking about yesterday's discussion that Barry had with Catherine Adamowitz and Paul Hankins where they really, they, they laid it all out. I mean, Catherine had the dates. She had the people that she talked to. And she said even if she didn't have it with her in the studio, she had it in her notes at home. Like, she's kept careful records of everything that's gone on. And with that in mind, I've, I've got to take everything that she says at face value. I mean, she's given me no reason not to trust what she's saying. And if that's the case, she was led astray. Her and Paul were led astray in this effort from wrong information. I won't say misinformation because too often people think misinformation is the same as disinformation. People think that someone misinforming you is the same as them trying to mislead you. And I don't think that's the case. I think it was just a matter of nobody knew and nobody took it seriously enough to find out and they passed the buck on to other people. The way that she described it, and again, this is only their version of it because we haven't heard the other side because the other side won't call in and tell us their side. But when they asked the election commissioner, Manny DeBrito, about the process to undergo this, he suggested that they talk to two people that knew more about it than he did. Who should know more about the election process in the city of New Bedford than the person in charge of the election commission? But I get it. You might want to give them a mentor in that process because you could, you could refer them to people who have done it before. And he referred them to two people who were part of the citizen effort to get the mayoral term extended to four years. The only problem is that process doesn't work for this. And as we found out, Marcus explained it to me. I was, I was unaware as to why it was. Remember yesterday, I was like, I want to know why this process can work for the mayor term, mayoral term, but not for term limits for the city councilors. As he explained to me, there's a state law that is, I guess, an exemption for mayoral terms around this restriction. So they, they made a special law to make it so that you could change mayoral terms, which makes sense because a lot of municipalities had either one-year or two-year terms and they wanted to go to four-year terms. So I understand that. Maybe they should have looked at the law itself and said maybe we need to change this around because... It seems like it's unconstitutional. People can't petition for a change in their government. Now, there is a downside, I'm sure, that if you allowed people to just freely petition to make those changes, you'd have something every election. And they'd be changing it one way and changing it back and changing it one way. And I get it. You know, just look at this. We've only had one mayoral term. You know, again, I know that the four-year term for mayor is not the same process, but just looking at that on the surface, we've had one four-year term in New Bedford and already the council had proposed putting a question on to revert it back to two years. So you would have had, just because the question would have been on this ballot coming up in November, which will elect a four-year mayor, you would have had two four-year mayoral terms and that would have been it if that question got on the ballot and had passed. So there, there's... Obviously, 
No concern about that being able to change back and forth so frequently. So I think any concerns you might have about that happening to any other changes in city government would be moot. You are taking away people's right to petition to have a change in the way that they are governed. You should never, ever feel like this is the way that it is and you have no say in it. And 2,702 people, it's not exact math, they didn't have exactly 2,700, but 2,700 people now feel like what they want as the way to govern themselves is not valid. And there's nobody coming forward to reassure them that their voices are heard. To at least be, and they didn't want the change. Let's let's be clear about that. All 2,700 people that signed that petition didn't want term limits for city councilors. Those 2,700 people wanted the opportunity for the voters of New Bedford to decide if they wanted term limits for city councilors. That's what they were signing their name to, to put the question on the ballot, to put it to the people. And what this process is telling them now is, we don't want to put a, we're not going to let you put that question to the people. 508-996-0500. We'll talk more about this coming up in the 8 o'clock hour with Jack Spillane, and I'm sure we'll talk more about it with you throughout the course of the morning uh, because I heard all the phone calls yesterday, at least when I wasn't down at, uh, at the fort covering the story that was happening down there, and people are angry about this. Even people that hadn't signed the petition yet that were planning to, or even people that weren't planning on signing a petition but planned on voting on the question one way or the other when it was on the ballot, are upset about this. Barry was taking phone calls from people who said, I wasn't registered to vote. I registered to vote just so I could get involved with this question, just so I could sign the petition or vote on it in November. And now, granted, you should be registered to vote anyway, and you should vote. But now you're being told, well, sorry. For some procedural, I don't know how you want to characterize it. But something arcane that keeps you from being able to decide how you want to be governed. 508-996-0500. Got to take a break. We'll be back in just a few moments.
And I, just every time I hear that song, I picture Hulk Hogan walking down the tunnel because that was what the theme to, what was it, Saturday night's main event? Anyway, 508-996-0500. If you want to call in and chime in, you can also send us app chat messages via the WBSM app. You can also send open line voicemail messages via the WBSM app. And um, as I mentioned earlier too, yesterday, speaking of the 80s and, and, and emotion, obsession, yesterday, Paul Rubens passed away at the age of 70. And most people knew him as Pee Wee Herman. But he had other roles that he had played, especially, you know, in later years. And after what happened with him in the movie theater in 1991, he kind of diversified a little bit in some of his roles. But Pee Wee did make a few comebacks. Uh, They had brought back, there was a special on HBO that was pretty good. They made a second movie on, I mean, a second movie. Well, it would have been the third Pee Wee movie. But they made a movie on Netflix that was um, a little bit different. And he, Pee-wee was kind of back in the public zeitgeist by the early 2000s. And I think that for a lot of... And people look at the issues that he had in his private life. I saw Somebody commented on my Facebook post. I made a Facebook post where I put, you know, R.I.P. Pee-wee Herman and, you know, condolences to his spouse, Fruit Salad, which... If you know the, the the reference, if you're a Pee Wee fan, you get the reference. There was an episode of Pee Wee's Playhouse where he he married Fruit Salad because he happened to say, I love Fruit Salad. And the kids in the Playhouse said, well, if you love Fruit Salad so much, why don't you marry it? And he was like, okay, I will. And so he married Fruit Salad. They had a ceremony and everything. So, But anyway... People look at the, the 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 problems and the struggles and the issues that he had kind of away from the character. And in retrospect, we dragged a guy through the mud for self-pleasure in an adult movie theater. What do adult movie theaters exist for? Was anybody else in the theater at that time just sitting there watching the movie intently and having popcorn, and that was it? But we singled out Pee Wee Herman, Paul Rubens. And then, of course, somebody was very quick to point out on my social media, on my post, about, well, you know, he was arrested for child pornography. Yes, but he wasn't convicted of child pornography. It turned out just to be... Art that was deemed obscene, but not child pornography. And he paid a small fine for it. Which I think is, if you're going to deem it not child pornography, and you're saying it's just obscene, why can't you have obscene materials in your own home? Again, this is just, I feel like it was a different, set of rules for him because he was Pee Wee Herman. So it's a little bit of of an issue. Now, granted, they had reason to want to investigate this further because he was friends with Jeffrey Jones and Jeffrey Jones, the actor who was in Beetlejuice and Ferris Bueller's Day Off and on Deadwood and all that, he actually was convicted of child pornography. So I, I understand needing to have investigated this further, but it's... 
people will look at that and say, well, you know, he was a pervert. Well, okay. But he wasn't convicted of anything illegal. And also, some of our definitions of that are different now than what they would have been in, you know, 1991. There was a lot of things that happened since then. Hugh Grant, Eddie Murphy, who both had no problem making comebacks from what happened to them, from the, 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 the situations they found themselves in. But again, but because this was Pee Wee Herman, because it was somebody that our kids liked, we held it to a different standard. Anyway, 508-996-0500. Got to take one final break. Back in a few. Okay, we have a very interesting traffic update for you. If you are heading down Route 195, sorry, Interstate 195, whether you be heading eastbound or westbound in the area of the Reed Road exit, be careful. There is a bear reportedly in the median. So a black bear has been spotted in the median on Interstate 195 near the Reed Road exit. Not sure if it's the same bear that was seen in Sherwood Forest in Akushnet over the weekend. I have reached out to Mass Wildlife to try to find out more about it. But there is a bear that has been reported in the median 